1: You're locked into the Dopey Show on radio from the Press Box to Press Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. You know, a couple of weeks ago when I came on with you and we were talking about the passing of former NBA Commissioner David Stern, I had no idea and I was telling you all the story about uh, about how I was able to meet uh, David Stern, intimate setting at the NBA All-Star Weekend in Las Vegas in 2007. I was credentialed. To cover the All-Star Weekend. It was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, the person that enabled uh, for me to be able to cover NBA All-Star Weekend. And then ultimately the NBA uh, as a whole. Uh, Roscoe Nance uh, at the time. Writer. Uh, NBA writer for the USA Today. And as a matter of fact. For those of you that go back uh, to Box to Row for a long time. For a long time. Um, uh, he came on the show quite regularly. Uh, As you hear Mike Wallace now, pretty much each and every week or not each and every week, but whenever we talk NBA, that was Roscoe Nance back then. So I never thought that one week I'd be kind of sharing that particular story. And then the next week, talking about the passing of Roscoe Nance, which did happen on last week. And as a matter of fact, his homegoing service uh, was on Tuesday. It was a beautiful service up in the Washington area in Vienna, Virginia, more specifically. And I know they also had a service uh, on Friday in Union Springs, Alabama. But I mean, you had everyone, the, the meat commissioner was there, Dennis Thomas, and shared a, a, a story and how they had a connection going back uh, to the uh, late seventies, early eighties. Uh, you know, Doug Williams was there, uh, Jared Bell, who you heard on the program a couple of weeks ago, also, uh, of USA today, uh, was their longtime colleague, uh, of Roscoe. You had, uh, you know, Lonza Hardy, a, a longtime HBCU, uh, administrator, athletic administrator, uh, was there also and spoke, uh, very eloquently, uh, about Roscoe, and I, I tell you what, it was—you uh, know—it was definitely tough. A lot of good memories with him. I mean, like I said, hung out with him, then He's come on the show. We would talk uh, quite frequently. Um, and and the one thing about Roscoe, like I—you know—he and and what I found interesting and what I learned. So you always learn. Uh, things about people I guess unfortunately when they pass on things that you didn't know and I think the one thing that I learned about Roscoe was the fact that he had you know he he gave a a lot of people nicknames but you had to earn that nickname so his nickname for me was Youngblood you know and I mean that's that's sort of a, a you know a common term going back to the seventies, but I took it as a term. Uh, and after learning that more, so took it as a term uh, of endearment as one um, that's uh, really heavy into HBCUs and the HBCU sports, what we do here with botch to row, etc. And so I took that as a term of endearment, meaning, you know, you're doing it now and it's cool. I was doing this years ago. Uh, so, uh, but you learn a lot. And um, on today's program, As a matter of fact, had an interview with Roscoe going back to 2015. This was shortly after um, he was either inducted or the announcement was made. I can't remember uh, into the SWAC Hall of Fame and come to find out he's the only non-coach and non-player ever to be inducted into the SWAC Hall of Fame. And one of the things that was pointed out, the homegoing service. Think about that. You know, he was a Tuskegee graduate, which. Tuskegee's in the SIAC, okay, and so um, he didn't even have uh, a, a a a a relationship per se prior to you know covering um, uh, SWAC and so forth um, uh, until that time, right? So he was a, a a Tuskegee graduate and loved Tuskegee, but he's was inducted into the SWAC Hall of Fame, so I think that's pretty significant. That was pointed out quite a bit. At the homegoing service. So what we're gonna do today, here on from the press box to press row, I um, had a chance to catch up with him back in 2015. So gonna replay um, that interview, and it was a long interview, and it was really, it, it's I call it Roscoe in his own words because it really talked about him and. Um, You know, he is a pioneer. I mean, there's no question about that. He's a pioneer uh, from a lot of different perspectives, from an HBCU coverage perspective, but also from the perspective of covering the NBA for USA Today as a black man. I mean, that that wasn't very common at all. Um, and when you look at USA Today, I mean, USA Today has done a phenomenal job covering uh, black college sports over the years. Um, and, and, and in terms of and what I found interesting also is I was talking with uh, with Jarrett Bell after um, the home going service. They had the uh, the repass after. And it was he and three other of his colleagues that were there all black. Uh, you know, with various roles at the USA Today. So I thought that was uh, was very interesting. But the USA Today has been sort of uh, I mean, they're they've they've done a phenomenal job in terms, I think, over the years of hiring, you know, black folks and minorities, et cetera. They've done a really good job um, with that. But I mean, uh, to be on the NBA beat, you know, for 20 years. Uh, starting in you know the mid 80s i think is absolutely uh, phenomenal so again going to replay the interview we had with roscoe going back to 2015 and also joining us today here on from the press box to press row luke williams editor of the black college sports page founder and editor i mean and the reason that i and how i met roscoe i don't remember i i think you know, I may have been talking to Luke maybe about, you know, getting someone to kind of talk NBA. I didn't I didn't know. Right. I grew up, you know, when I was coming up and coming through school, you know, it was Eric Moore and Anna Dan. Uh, It was Luke Williams in the black college sports page. I mean, that's you know, that's who I knew, you know, so I didn't I I, I wasn't familiar, you know, unfortunately, at that time coming up. Uh, you know, with Roscoe, but Luke Williams, editor of the Black College Sports page, going to share uh, some memories that he has or had about Roscoe today on the program. I'm going to tell you what Wednesday was a phenomenal day for HBCU football. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, number one, you look at Titus Howard uh, guard, starting guard, that is uh, for the Houston, Texas Texans. Formerly of Alabama State, a box to row All-American was named, uh, in essence, to the NFL's all-rookie team. So that was phenomenal. Then the other phenomenal thing that happened, three former HBCU football players were elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Donnie Shell, who, you know, we had Donnie Shell on the program maybe four or five years ago. And one of the questions that I asked him straight up, like, how is Donnie Schell... Not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's a question that I've asked for many, many years. And uh, as a matter of fact, if you remember when I did those rankings for USA Today in late August, I had Donnie Shell like 30th, and I had him in the mix with all of the Pro Football Hall of Famers. The way I ranked it, I didn't rank anybody above. If you were a Pro Football Hall of Famer, then you uh, were automatically one of the tops. You know, there's no question. The only thing I did, I placed Donnie Shell. At 30, and like Charlie Joyner, who is a is a Pro Football Hall of Famer at number 31. So, um, other than that, I thought Donnie Shell should have been in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's finally made it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Winston Hill, who was also uh, uh, on my list, was a an offensive lineman. Uh, played in the national in the AFL and the National Football League out of Texas Southern. Uh, was also on my list. I think I had him at like number 40, 40 or 41, something like that. And then Harold and he, he, of course, he went to Texas Southern and then Harold Carmichael, who went to Southern, great wide receiver for the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, had him in like number 45 or something like that, uh, was also on my list, um, was also elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So you had three players, former HBCU players elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is absolutely a phenomenal. Uh, one other time, three players in the same class that is elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's going back to 2014. Claude Humphrey, Michael Strahan, and Aeneas Williams. And before that, it had never happened with three players. It happened with two players on multiple occasions, but never with three players. So congratulations, uh, to those gentlemen, uh, from, for being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Definitely had, uh, superb, Careers superb careers, and uh if you didn 't have a chance, I mean I know you know and I, and I explained how I did the rankings and so forth, caught some backlash some people you know i mean you, you you know you have to do you have to do these things based upon and the way I did it based upon the research, and like i said i wasn't going to put anybody over a pro football hall of fame other than Donnie shell um, but you know it 's open to conjecture, but i 'd invite you uh, to google uh, like USA today. Black College Football uh, NFL Top 100, something like that. And that page should come up. Or you can go to our Twitter account at Boxtorow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, to check out uh, those rankings because, again, three of those players that I had in my top 50 uh, are now Pro Football Hall of Famers. So, um, uh, again, a great day for HBCU football going back to uh, Wednesday. If you want to participate, join us on the conversation. Maybe you have a uh, you have a memory of Roscoe Nance. Uh, want to join us on the conversation? Hit me up via Twitter at Box Toro B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W. I also invite you to my personal. Uh, Twitter page at dwear1. Follow me there if you have a you know a question or a comment or what have you. You can uh, go there at dwear1. Uh, also uh, on Instagram, follow me at Donald Thank you to all of the wonderful, wonderful affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. For instance, WHUR 96.3 HD2 in Washington DC that carries the program. Those that listen to us on SiriusXM channels 141 and 142, and those that listen to us around the world at boxterro.com. National Football League uh, championships, conference championships um, are set uh, going to take place on Sunday. The Packers going to be at the 49ers and the Titans going to be at the Chiefs a great win by the Titans over the Baltimore Ravens never saw that coming I thought the Titans everybody talked about uh, you know uh, uh, Lamar Jackson and maybe what he didn't do but I'm going to give credit to the Titans because the Titans had a phenomenal defense and contained for the most part uh, Lamar Jackson particularly in the run game I'm up against the break Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Roscoe Nance, as we remember him, Roscoe Nance, in his own words.
0: You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row.
2: Groovy people, I like to be around groovy, groovy people. I don't like nobody
1: that's got an ego. Proving people by Lou Rawls, only having been two years old when this song came out. I I don't know. I'm not. I never heard this song. I don't think this was. Uh, as we celebrate the life and times of Roscoe Nance, this was the song that originally he had on his ringtone for so many years, and he ultimately went to uh, another song, which we'll play uh, to end the show. But being an old soul, like this song of course, by Lou Rawls. So let's continue here. Again, had a chance to catch up with Roscoe Nant back in 2015, either shortly after it was announced, I believe, that he had been inducted into the SWAC Hall of Fame. May have even been after he was inducted into the SWAC Hall of Fame, but had a chance uh, to catch up with him and talk with him about his career. What did it mean, first of all, to when you heard that you were inducted into the SWAC Hall of Fame?
0: Well, initially, you know, I, I was very humbled because I didn't didn't expect it, even though I knew that I had been, you know, nominated. Uh, you know, I just didn't expect it for you know, for, for various reasons, uh, and one of which is that, you know, you know, the things that I did and what I wrote about and as it pertained to the conference, you know, it wasn't, that wasn't even on, on my radar or anything like this, any kind of recognition or anything. You know, I just looked at it as, Job and you know tr- tr- just telling the conference's story and its coaches and athletes and all the people involved. So uh, it, it, it 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 warmed my heart to know that um, you know f- what I did was appreciated and uh, that I did a fairly decent job, I guess. You know, because most times as, as writers and in the media, you know, you, you, as you well know. Uh, the only time people, you know, give you any kind of attention at all is when they're, you know, complaining or criticizing something that you wrote. So it was quite humbling.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, I think you, 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 you hit it right on the head. And I mean, one of the things I didn't mention, and, and I guess, how did you kind of get your start? I mean, I guess. You know, more prominently, you were writing for the Clarion Ledger, which still does a, a, to this day. I mean, and I I would have to say that you probably, you know, started this with the whole coverage, especially of of Jackson State. The Clarion Ledger still does an outstanding job of that. And I would have to think part of that was because of you. But, you know, how did you get started uh, in terms of in this in this newspaper business?
0: Well, actually, uh I started uh, the uh, summer after my senior year in high school in Union Springs, Alabama. I was doing a a weekly, just general uh, commentary-type column for the uh, Union Springs Herald. And then from there, when I went to Tuskegee, uh, I became a uh, sports editor for the uh, Campus Digest, the, uh, the uh, school newspaper, and that's really where I got... You know, involved in in, in sports writing, uh, you know, writing about the teams and games and athletes at Tuskegee. Uh, it was just kind of a, I suppose, a natural fit because uh, sports and writing were, you know, I guess, two of my real, real joys. I wasn't much of an athlete, but I loved, you know, sports, and uh, I, I just, you know, was always involved in it, don't you know, trying to play and. Reading about you know athletes and games and you know just trying to soak up um you know everything I could about about sports and um and, and I guess the writing aspect of it is just something that I enjoy doing so you know putting the two together you know really uh for me was not like you know work it was it was fun it was a joy you know to do things that you that, that 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 you really enjoy doing and to get paid for it. I mean, wow. <laughs> Don't get any better than that.
1: <laughs> you know, obviously you were, you know, covering um so much. And and we, you know, take us back to the, the days of, you know, like Steve McNair and when 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 Jerry Rice and so forth were at Mississippi Valley State. I mean, those were some golden times, especially when it relates uh, to the SWAC and HBCU football.
0: I went to uh, the Clarion Ledger in 1978, and uh, you know that was just after the Walter Payton era, after the shortly after the Doug Williams era. But they still, you know, were getting a ton of uh, great athletes. You know, the uh, SEC schools uh, had just started to recruit uh, black athletes, uh, but not in the numbers uh, that they do now. Uh, so they were still getting the uh, those uh, real blue-chip athletes. And I, I remember uh, uh, Jeffrey Moore, uh, who's also going into the Hall of Fame this year, uh, and Perry Harrington, the two running backs at uh, at Jackson State. The first year I was there, both of those guys ran for uh, more than 1,000 yards in the same season. Uh, and, you know, the Jackson State had, you know, Chris Burkett, who went on to the NFL as a receiver, Buster Barnett, uh, you know, Larry Cowan, who went on to play in Canada, uh, Otis Brown, who was drafted by the Cardinals. I mean, you just, I mean, it was just so many, so many uh, guys, you know, and I, I used to joke that, you know, you could walk on a, a SWAT campus and, and, and shake a tree and, you know, three or four uh, NFL draft picks would fall out. I mean, there was just that much talent floating around. And, but down at Alcorn, you had guys like uh, Roy Neil Young, the defensive back, who played for the Eagles, and Leslie Frazier, who won a Super Bowl ring with the Bears, and uh, Ike Holt, who played for the Cowboys and the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I uh, mean, it, it, you know, you could just go through the conference and uh, – you know, you had guys like that uh, that just were, just were, you know, phenomenal talent. And it, was, it wasn't just in football. You know, you had, you know, tremendous uh, athletes in basketball as well. You know, Machine Gun, Harry Kelly out of Texas Southern, and uh, uh, Larry Smith, who was one of the top rebounders in the country and went on to play for a number of years in the NBA. So, uh you know, Tony Murphy at Southern, who was a really prolific scorer, uh, and those teams that all coined that went on to the NCAA tournaments and uh, you know, did so well. So it was just a a fantastic period of time and you know, and not and not to mention the coaches, uh, you know, you had some of the the greatest minds uh in the game, you know, from uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, Eddie Robinson at uh Gramlin. We all know you know about of his accomplishments and uh, Marino Cassum, you know and, On who, you know, was just a uh, masterful defensive coach. And uh, uh, Archie Cooley of the Valley and W.C. Gordon. uh, Just so many, so many uh, great athletes and coaches. And in basketball, Dave Whitney and Paul Covington and Bob Moreland at Texas Southern, uh, you know, I mean, it was just a great time to be a sports writer uh, covering SWAC.
1: Man, no question about it. That's the voice of... Roscoe Nance now a SWAC Hall of Famer also of note very int- uh, instrumental uh, in the black college football uh, Hall, of Fa- uh, Hall of Fame and all of the things that go along with that as he joins us here on from the press box to press row and you were the Roscoe the first black sports writer for the Clarion Ledger and as you mentioned that back in the late 70s what you know what was that experience like
0: well, actually, it was, I had no problems. I mean, you know, there was, you know, people, you know, you think of Mississippi and you think of uh, Emmett Till and James Meredith and, you know, Ross Barnett, the, 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 the racist uh, governor and things like that. But, uh, I, I mean, it, I was welcomed. Uh, I was welcomed there. And, and uh, I, I give uh, Tom Patterson, uh, who was the executive uh sports editor for the uh, Clarion Ledger and Jackson Daily News at the time, a lot of credit, uh, because, you know, when he, you know, was recruiting me to come to to to, to Jackson, you know, race never never came up. I mean it was not mentioned one time and and then looking in in the way I mean he treated me and all the guys on that staff you know, treated me, you know, just like they would treat, you know, any other uh, any other uh, their, their, their co-workers and uh, you know if I screwed up you know he took me to task you know if I did a good job he complimented me and they were all that way you uh, know so it, it was the only <laughs> the only uh, incident that, that occurred and it was looking back it was kind of comical um, at the uh, I was having lunch at the Sheraton Hotel in, in downtown Jackson with a uh, Eddie Payton and Rod Phillips and Vernon Perry and some other Jackson State uh, guys, you know, who played and were playing in the NFL at that time, and they were home during the off season, so I was meeting them for lunch, and I got there a little early, and I know I was waiting for them in the lobby, and you know, I was dressed for work, you no know, head, you no know, shirt and tie, and uh, so I was standing near the elevator and. Uh, the elevator door opened, and this uh, older gentleman and a younger guy, you know, maybe in his 40s, uh, got off. And the older gentleman looked at me and said to me, uh, he why don't you take my bags? And the uh, younger guy said, no, 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 Dad, he's not the, uh, the, the bellhop. You know, he's here, you know, at the hotel as a guest. But, and I, I was, it was so shocking to me, I didn't know. I didn't know what to say, you know, <laughs> right. I was just speechless because, I mean, but, you know, in, 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 in hindsight, you know, I can understand where the older gentleman was coming from because he came up in an era where, you know, in Mississippi, if you were at a hotel, you had to be there, you know, in a work capacity. Right. But, uh, you know, it was, it's, 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 it's funny to me now. But I was I was really left speechless. But uh, other than that, like I said, uh, you know, I had a, I had a great time, had a great run in Jackson, met some wonderful people, uh, many of whom you know, I'm still close to and speak with often.
1: We are celebrating the life and times of former USA Today NBA writer, Swack Hall of Famer, former Clarion Ledger uh, writer uh the man, one of the men instrumental in the Black College Football Hall of Fame. And we could go on and on with all of the accolades. Roscoe Nance, in his own words, here on From the Press Box to Press Row was an interview that we had with Roscoe uh, on this program back in 2015. Did so much, uh, meant a lot to me, Um and uh learned a lot from him, learned a whole lot from him. Uh, was very, uh, this interview was actually, you know, I actually had a chance to listen to it. We made it into a podcast. And uh, wow, just uh, just listening back to his time of covering HBCU football is absolutely tremendous. We're going to put a pause on Roscoe Nance in his own words because up next, we're going to be joined by the editor, founder of the Black College Sports page, Lute Williams, who's going to share some stories with us about roscoe nance been talking about the life and times of roscoe nance as a matter of fact and played of course that first segment the interview we had with him back in 2015 and going to play the next next segment uh or the next part of that uh, interview in the next segment because right now i'm joined by a gentleman who you, you know you talk about black college sports and see when i was coming up uh, even before I knew who Roscoe Nance was, I knew this gentleman's been a a, a a guest on the program many, many times. He's the editor, founder of the Black College Sports page, which, of course, uh, can be seen each week at onadan.com Also can be viewed in newspapers all across the country. As Luke Williams joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What's going on, Luke?
2: Doing fine, Donald. Thanks for having me back again.
1: Absolutely, man. A lot of dignitaries. Of course, we were up in Vienna, Virginia, on Tuesday at Roscoe's funeral. A lot of dignitaries. You talk about, you know, Doug Williams. You talk about the Commissioner of the MEAC, Dr. Dennis Thomas. You talk about Lonza Hardy, uh, an administrator in HBCU athletics uh, for so many years. And and the good thing is talking with you and uh, of course with Lonza. I learned a lot about Lonza. Didn't didn't even know he was from our state here in North Carolina. Um, but you know, just, just your impressions of, of Roscoe's home going.
2: Yeah, uh, it was a very nice service, uh, Donald. Um, you got a, a an opportunity to know Roscoe for many different uh, directions. Um, as a family man, um, as an Omega or Q, uh, his beloved fraternity, um, as a writer, and per- perhaps more importantly, just as a person. Uh, how loved he was, how respected he was, how much of a leader he was in any, uh, in any area in which he worked, whether it was in his fraternity, whether it was in his community, whether it was as a, a writer, uh, whether it was in his, uh, to his university, Tuskegee University, where he went to school. In every way that you can possibly imagine, Roscoe was an example and a leader. Uh, the service had Uh, Friends of his, primarily from his fraternity, people from USA Today, which is one of the places he worked amongst several others. But the biggest thing was just the amount of respect that everyone had for Roscoe. I would even go farther than that to say really the love that everybody had for Roscoe because he was such a kind and gentle, uh, sincere person. Uh, Roscoe would always give you uh, his perspective, his advice, how he thought about a situation, but it was never like he was forcing it on you he was it's quite common for him and I to have conversations and in addition to that he was a Steelers fan just like I am a <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fan so he would call me on Sundays after the Steelers would win or lose and we'd analyze exactly why they lost or what Mike Tomlin did or didn't do or sometimes we talk about the history of the Steelers but generally we talk about what was happening in black college sports even though Roscoe as they talked about in the uh, service Covered twelve NBA Finals, uh, Super Bowls. He covered uh, international soccer. He was there in China when the USA won the women's uh, soccer championship. I think it was the first time the USA had won. Wherever he had been and whatever he had done, he has always left his mark, and he certainly left it on me. Fortunately for me, when he retired from USA Today, he was able to write for me of the Black College Sports page. Anytime I would need a feature story of any kind written. I would always know that, first of all, Roscoe would already be up on the subject, and he would interview no matter how difficult, no matter how many calls it required, no matter where he had to call, anywhere around the country. Nine times out of ten, they already knew Roscoe, which means that he would gain entry to um, the most controversial stories. He would gain entry to talk to ADs or players or coaches. Uh, Roscoe would always talk, and a lot of times, Roscoe surprisingly would call me and he would say, Luke, I need this person's number. I need that person's number. So we had a very, very, very close relationship. So his passing really hit me hard, uh, because, you know, it's almost like when you don't have a person like him to converse with, to run, to run stuff by, to bounce stuff off of, it becomes kind of lonely in this, in this, uh, in the black college sports world. And I love, I always wanted to hear his perspective and tell me what he thought about things. If I was, if I was thinking about writing a story, if I was thinking about a certain angle, sometimes he would give me another angle. Sometimes he would say, well, let me write it because I'll, I'll put forward this angle. So, um, you know, he was, uh, you know, I loved him to death, man. And he was, uh, he was a great guy and he's going to be, I mean, sorely missed.
1: That's the voice of Luke Williams, editor, founder of the Black College Sports Page. As he joins us here, I'm from the Press Box, to press where we're talking about the life and times of Roscoe Nance. And as a matter of fact, a life well lived. Y- you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, when I, I and I've known you for so many years and I've always told the story to you and have told this before, um, that the first time I had an opportunity to meet you was at the Celebration Bowl. I think it was the last one in 98. I was I didn't I was sitting by us. Oh, the, oh, you're Luke Williams. Yeah, I read. I read the black college sports page all the time. Like, really? You know, I had just graduated from Morgan. Um, But yeah, that was the heritage heritage. Role. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Her, heritage. Yeah. Yes um yeah so but you and i i i don't know i was looking to get an in in the nba or whatever and you said hey you should reach out to roscoe nance so you introduced us and that's how i got to know uh roscoe but how, how did you all you know initially meet that's a good question uh uh donald
2: and i'm not sure but i think um i started my sports page in 1994 on the heels of steve mcnair uh, breaking records and making headlines and finishing third in the Heisman Trophy race in 1994. And I think what happened at the time, Roscoe was still working at USA Today. And I think that Roscoe being the kind of black college guy that he was, that he heard about the black college sports stage. And I think it was, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was, That I was looking, like you were looking for somebody for the NBA, I was looking for somebody who had a number. Let's say I was trying to reach, I think I may have been trying to reach Doug Williams, for example. And somebody said, call Roscoe. Roscoe's got everybody's number. And I, and I called Roscoe and I introduced myself and he said, yeah, I've I've been seeing your page. I like the stuff you're doing. And that's what began our relationship. And, um, and at the time he was working with, working at USA Today. And it was funny, I put in my page this week, I did kind of a tribute to Roscoe this week, and I put in my page, you know, Roscoe uh, is a big football guy, a big basketball guy, a big, uh, it started out as a swat guy, but he's a big black college guy. But when he went to USA Today, um, after he had covered Jackson State for the Clarion Ledger, the Jackson Clarion Ledger of Mississippi, when he went to USA Today, he was covering soccer. So I was laughing, I was like, Roscoe, what are you doing covering soccer? And he was saying, I, I said, "Do you know how many players are on the soccer field?" He said, "Nope." I said, "Do you know the positions of on a soccer team?" He said, "No." Nope. I said, "Well, what are you doing uh, covering uh, soccer?" He said, "That's my job," <laughs> <laughs> meaning meaning that uh, they could have told him to cover, you know, badminton, or could have told him to cover swimming or water polo, for that matter. USA Today was paying him. And he was basically saying, you know, I do what they pay me for. I don't choose, you know, I wouldn't be covering soccer if I had a choice, but that's what they're paying me to cover, so I'm covering soccer. And he did that very well. And he eventually uh, uh, started covering the uh, the NBA. And I used to always listen during the NBA finals in particular when they would uh, broadcast the, uh, the, the press conferences after the games. I would always listen for Roscoe's voice, and I would tell my wife or whoever was watching with me, that's Roscoe asking the question because we had developed such a great friendship.
1: And, you know, I think that's a great point, Luton. That that leads me to sort of my next question because after, you know, sort of afterwards, it was, uh, and by the way, shouts out to Jared Bell of USA Today who was there uh, also. And, you know, it it was you, myself, uh, and and, uh, we were sitting around just kind of talking, you know, just about, the black college sports page. And, and to your point, Roscoe was, he was the first daily writer at the Clarion uh, black writer. That was uh, at the Clarion ledger there in Jackson and um, you know, paved the way for, you know, a lot of us to do what we're doing now, but you know, specifically for you and uh, talk about, you know, the, the significance, the importance of, you know, the black college sports page, even Even now, you know, you have the black college sports page on Dan, you know, Box to Row, et cetera. These entities uh, now doing what we do from an entrepreneurial uh, standpoint. And then, of course, a guy like Roscoe sort of paving the way for that.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the, the reality is, you know, like like Roscoe did, he grew up in Union Springs, Alabama. He went to Tuskegee. So he knows the the legacy and the history of black college sports. So when he had an opportunity, he didn't start at Jackson, Clarion Ledger. He started in Columbus, Georgia, uh, at the the Daily Newspaper there, before he went to Jackson. And when he got to Jackson, he was able to give uh, Jackson State the kind of coverage that's usually reserved for the larger white institutions, the kind of uh, beat coverage, daily coverage, to cover Jackson State forward, backwards, and sideways. And he was there during the time when Jackson State had a coach named W.C. Gordon who became very legendary. They had uh, not only did they have Walter Payton, but they had a whole slew of guys that ended up from Jackson State uh, going on to the NFL and making their mark in the NFL. So from that standpoint, he developed a reputation. I think the Jackson Clarion Ledger was owned by Hearst, Newspapers. That's how he ended up getting to how he ended up getting to USA Today, because it was the Hearst uh, company that started USA Today as a national newspaper. And they hired reporters from uh, Hearst newspapers around the country basically to save money. That's how Roscoe got started there. But uh, what he did and the kind of coverage that he gave, and not only he gave while at the Clarion Ledger, but even when he went to USA Today, they would allow him to write stories, particularly uh, related to black college sports that would be in USA today. And see, when I was starting my page in 1994, when I told you on the heels of Steve McNair and the great things that Steve McNair was doing, I thought it would be no better time to start a publication focused on black college sports than that time when there was a national kind of lens being put on black college sports, primarily because of Steve McNair. And, I mean, for those who don't know or weren't around at that time, I mean, Steve McNair was basically uh, performing miracles every Saturday, and he was throwing for four and 500 yards and six and seven touchdowns, and he was breaking. I think he ended up breaking some like 40-some uh, college records during that year. So I couldn't have picked a better time uh, for me to start the black college sports page than at that time. And Roscoe was one of those guys that supported me from the beginning. And at the time, because he was working at USA Today, uh, sometimes when I would ask him about writing stories, he didn't, um, you know, really have the opportunity to do it, didn't have the time to do it. So well, I stayed on him. And when he did retire, that's when he decided, you know, you know, just call me. And, you know, one thing I love about Roscoe, Roscoe didn't believe you didn't uh, get Roscoe to write a story and not pay him. Roscoe told me stories about how he would get on a plane and fly from the DC area. Or fly to Atlanta, or fly to New Orleans, or somebody owed him some money and didn't pay him. (laughs) Roscoe was going to make sure his name was not going to be on the list of unpaid, uh, unpaid folks. That's just how real and how serious he was about this thing that we're doing. So I made sure I always paid him. You know, right after he wrote the story, he would get paid. Absolutely. Check probably, out. Probably, probably, Donald, while we maintain the friendship.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I, I I, hear you, man. So, check out, of course, the Black College Sports page. You can check it out on onadan.com each week in newspapers around the country. He is Luke Williams, editor, founder of the Black College Sports page. Joins us here. I'm from the press box, the press row. Luke, man, always great to catch up, man. I know I'll see you real soon.
2: Looking forward to it, Donald. Thanks again for having me, especially to talk about my man, Roscoe. Roscoe Nance, the Dean of Black College Sports Writers.
1: Very well said, Lute, and no question about that. Lute Williams, editor of the Black College Sports page, joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Up next, we continue with Roscoe Nance in his own words.
0: It's Donald Ware. From the press box to Press Row, as
1: we celebrate the life of Roscoe Nance who passed away on last week, we continue with the conversation. Had a chance to catch up with Roscoe Nance back in 2015, right here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As we continue with Roscoe Nance in his own words, you know, take your experiences uh, from the your college days uh, at Tuskegee with the student newspaper to the Enquirer in. Uh, out of columbus georgia and then of course the clarion ledger to the usa today you know how did that come about and ultimately you became an nba reporter for the usa today
0: well the way i got to usa today is that uh the gannett company bought the uh the clarion ledger uh, so i was in that chain and Uh, In the early days of USA Today, they had what they they called a loaner program, whereby writers from other papers in the uh, Gannett chain would uh, come to write, to work at uh, USA Today for like a 90-day period, and uh, their home newspaper would pick up their salaries uh, because USA Today was still struggling at that point. To show a profit, and that was one way to alleviate some of the financial burden on them, and you know, people would come to USA Today for ninety days and then go back to their paper. So I came to USA Today on the loaner program in uh, uh, the spring of uh, of nineteen eighty-five, and I been with Jackson, but before, after I went back, uh, Henry Freeman, who was the uh, managing editor for sports, uh, you know. You no know, I guess he liked uh, the work that I did and uh you know he indicated that he would like, you know, to you know, to bring me back, you know, as a permanent party. And uh I returned uh in January of uh, nineteen eighty six and uh that's how it that's how it came about and I started off as a general assignments writer, uh you know, just covering whatever but I was attached to the college desk so I still did a lot of uh college coverage and I always you know, kept an eye on uh, on SWAC and made sure that things that were that were about nationally that you know they had a presence in USA today and not not only uh, SWAC but I tried to do that with all of the HBCUs because uh, as we we know even to now that uh, their stories are not being told the way that they should be told uh, for whatever reason but I, that that was just something that i try
1: to take on myself to do no question and i think usa today does a still does a pretty solid job uh not just with hbcu but you know with with smaller schools uh and such and and, but and you mentioned a general assignment guy and because i mean i'll never forget the time i mean i got the chance to hang out with you my first nba all-star uh weekend in 07 in las vegas and I'll, i'll never forget i mean it's something that will always stay with me is uh, when uh, David Stern, the commissioner at that time, there was like a, a real intimate meeting with maybe I don't know 15, 20 reporters, and there was uh, going to be an announcement between the NBA and Turner Sports, and uh, you introduced me to the uh, the commissioner Stern at that time, and he knew who you were and everybody, you know, really knew who you were, which I, I just just mind blowing but you know talk about just your professionalism and how you know that time in the nba and you know it was just a it seemed like just a a different time when you, you talk about the relationship between sports writers and players and then of course league executives
0: well you know my approach to to, to my job was I, I wanted to be accurate and i wanted to be fair and you know you have
1: some writers uh,
0: who, you know, just go after the story without regards to accuracy or fairness and balance and that kind of thing. And that was not not how I approached it. And I think, uh, you know, the people that I covered came to appreciate that. And uh, I, think I, I would like to think they respected me for that. Now, I, I didn't always write things that were complimentary. Of whoever it was, I was covering, and uh, you know. But you know, I just tried to impress upon them that you know, we all have a job to do, and my job is to, you know, write about what what your organization uh, does, good or bad, and you know that that's just how I approached it, and uh, you know, and, and and that's how you know you carry yourself in such a way that. Uh, no one will question your integrity, you know, and, and, and you know that means you know just being straight up. It, it, there was a, a guy in uh, Mississippi uh, who played basketball at at Alcorn uh, named Gilbert Thompson, and he went on to become an agent. And you know, this was during the period when agents really had a had a sordid reputation. And you know, we would talk and. And I told him, I said, look, Gilbert, now if you screw up, now get this, you know, uh, you know, you're my guy, but if you screw up, I'm going to write about you, and I'm going to spell your name correctly too, <laughs> so just to let him know, <laughs> you know, not to expect any, you know, favoritism from me, because, uh, you know, that, that, I mean, you know, my name and my reputation, I felt was all that I had, and, you know, I wasn't going to jeopardize that i anybody else and you know I still feel that way
1: no 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 question about it Roscoe Nance joining us here we're talking about his career of course uh, recently inducted into the SWAC Hall of Fame and you know Roscoe what's one of your most memorable moments as a sports writer wow
0: <laughs>
1: so many right
0: there are a lot one you know was covering those great uh, all-going basketball teams and the. uh you know, late 70s and early 80s with uh, you know, Dave Dave as coach and you know, Larry Smith uh, Joe Jenkins uh, later on uh, Eddie Archie Aaron Brandon Michael Phelps uh, Tommy Collier. you know I mean, that, that those teams you know they went to the NCAA tournament uh, NIT tournament and their the greatest legacy you know in addition to having one games in those tournaments is that they never lost by more than 10 points. They were always competitive, even though they played the likes of LSU, Indiana, Kansas, Georgetown. You know, they were always in the game. And that, that uh, I think, uh, did a lot to open pe- people's eyes about the quality of uh, black college basketball. And as far as uh, football, uh, I, I guess the, the, the biggest moment was uh, the 1984 uh, showdown between Alcorn and uh, Mississippi Valley State uh, in Jackson. Uh, I mean, it was a, a standing room crowd at the uh, Veterans Memorial Stadium, which, you know, seats uh, uh 2,512, and people were just jam-packed standing in the aisles, people outside. You know, trying to get in, couldn't get in. I mean, and, and it was a great game. You know, you, just a an iconic matchup. Uh, Archie Cooley's uh, satellite offense with Jerry Rice and Willie Totten and uh, Carl Byram and a cast of thousands against the Godfather Marino Castle and his tunnel defense with Ike Holt and the. Uh, sole patrol defensive secondary uh, and it was just, it was a great game and um, allcorn won at forty two to twenty eight uh but that was truly one of the uh, great 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 moments in uh, black college uh, football you know seeing uh Orkan Boyd boy pitch at jackson state uh i mean he was he was a tremendous pitcher and supremely confident uh you know and he would always say that nobody gets a hit unless you know, I want them to get a hit. You <laughs> mean, they would play the likes of Mississippi State and you know, which was one of the top ranked programs and, you know, they would, you know, have some epic battles, uh, and, uh Southern's baseball team with uh, Roger Cater who is still there doing an outstanding job and Gramlin's great baseball teams with uh Wilbur Ellis' coach. Uh, I mean they just have so many there was just so many, many uh great moments. Uh the uh first uh one AA playoff with Jackson State and uh, Florida A&M at, uh, at Veterans Stadium. You know, for, I mean, in, <laughs> it was so cold that you know icicles were on the bleachers. Uh, you know, and Florida A&M won that game and went on to win the national championship. And, and, and some of the times that I cherished, you know, was just the, you know the conversations that I would have with uh, Coach Robinson. You know, just the pearls of wisdom that he would share. And uh, you know. I felt the way that you felt when you you mentioned that uh, David Stern knew who I was, Mm -hmm. you know, and and in talking to uh, Coach Robinson and for him to know who I was, that just meant so much to me that, you know, he is the great Eddie Robinson who actually knows my name, you know, because, you know, you think about over his long career, the number of people that he's met, but, no, he was just that kind of a person uh, to... uh, you know, remember people, and uh, you know, make them feel, make them feel special. And I think that was part of his, uh, of his greatness in how he got uh, the kids at Graham Grambling, you know, to play so hard and so well for him. Is that he, he really made them feel special.
1: So that was Roscoe Nance in his own words, and just a wealth of knowledge. Just a wealth of knowledge uh, with respect to a number of different things: HBCU sports. NBA, etc. Again, passing away on last week as we celebrate uh, his life and his times right here on from the press box to press row. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Luke Williams, editor and founder of the Black College Sports page for joining us on the program. Don't forget, um, you know, listen, our our black newspapers are still relevant, may have one. In your area. And if so, you may be able to find the black college sports page in one of those papers. So uh, check it out. We had a great show. As a matter of fact, this past weekend, Will Downing, who is a graduate of Virginia Union, was on the program. R&B singer Rache and one of the stars of the new movie Bad Boys for Life. Paola Nunez joined us on from the press box. The press where We're going to do more of that type of thing. Of course, that's each and every Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific Time on Sirius XM Channel 141. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box, to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Express yourself. You don't never need help from the no- Whatever you do uh.